This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, how would you like to spend some time in New York City? First of all, uh, what about some New York slang? Like, uh, hey, Sally, how come every time I see you, you're never around? Christa Berg and a lady in red, written about his wife, a glimpse of his wife, across a crowded room at a party, and she was looking prime, and he was saying, ooh. You could have eggs, you could have French toast, pancakes, corned beef hash, over, scrambled, poached, boiled, omelets, feta cheese, Western, Spanish, Greek, English, pretty girls as customers also. <laughs> Bronx, that's where we are now, on the campus of the Bronx Community College. It's not exactly a rich neighborhood. Uh, 95% of the kids in the school are black or Hispanic or Irish. And they come from low-income families. Now, they're graduating here this morning. It's a big occasion. And Jimmy Bresman, the well-known journalist, uh, is the guest speaker. We'll hear more from uh, Jimmy later, but uh, here's a one-liner he has for the kids from the Bronx. Excuse me, ma'am. Do me a favor. Would you tell Connie I think our horn went off in her car? Now, today I come here, and unless everybody is very attentive to me and behaves, I am going to go downtown and reveal to them what you like up here. with race, with differences in people, and than Belfast ever experienced. Belfast is a minor leagues compared to this place. So this is 
Jimmy Brasman in his uh, chauffeur-driven car heading downtown to the big white world of Midtown Manhattan. We're in the <clears throat> on the west side of Manhattan on Riverside Drive. That's the Hudson River. And up here to the left starts the riches of the earth. I mean, there are apartments up here. We came from a place where there are apartments burned out. You can't even give them away. We're now here driving through a place where the rents of $1,500 for a one-bedroom. And the to buy a co-op is uh, upwards of three-quarters of a million dollars, onto a million and onto the $2 million, which was in the building I told you about earlier. Gay white male, 33, baker with AM hours, seeks quality man for passion for more than late nightlife. If your brains and wit count for more than hours at the gym, you could be for me. Send note with phone number soon, because it's almost time to make the donuts. What? Now, that's just one of those ads from the Village Voice. Okay, let me introduce you to another kind of New Yorker. The taxi driver. Tom English is his name, and he's got a beef about a certain kind of customer. It's like these Upper East Side people, you know, like rich Jewish ladies out shopping for the day or something that, like, turn their nose up to you. You know, driver, driver, turn here, stop here, do this, do that. And then they'll give you some dinky little tip at the end, right? Or they'll calculate the tip out so it's exactly like, you know, 15%. You know, they'll give you the tip. Keep 35 cents for yourself, which really pisses you off because anyone who drives a, takes a cab should know, and most people who take cabs regularly know, you kind of like round it off. It's 350, you give the guy four bucks. You don't make the driver fish for change, right? It's like the worst thing you can do is like make him dig for 15, give me back 15 cents. It's like you want to throw it in their face almost. It's like, what do you need 15 cents for, you know? Red pears in the sugar man, the temple street gloom. Dragon shivers, regal and foot out of room. Just another dead soldier in a bottle of blue light. Sugar man, sell latch on to a stereotype of cab drivers is kind of crazy people and it makes for good jokes I suppose what was one I heard some the one I heard most recently was something about how come all cab drivers in New York look like that guy who shot the Pope you know okay let's try the radio we might get uh, a laugh or two from the Howard Stern show on 92 FM 718-896-4200 is the number for Nutra System. Why don't you try it? What do you got to lose? It's working for that big fat pig. It's got to work for you. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, let's be honest. That's some uh, radio shows you'll hear later. Which reminds me, uh, in New York, if you're overeating, you're like uh, picking out. But uh, Talk of Food reminds me of a story about a soup line that Jimmy Breslin was telling. It was the Church of Blessed Sacrament on 70th Street in Manhattan has a soup line. And the line grew long. And it was in front of the entrance to a, a, an apartment building in which that day it had, been adver- it had been advertised in the newspapers that they were selling cooperative apartments. 
penthouses in this building for one was for one million six and the other was for two million two. That's a lot of money. Now the line for the soup kitchen and these women people there on a whim or a fancy these were people there who needed a, a roll and a container of soup because that was lunch. That was all the food they were going to see all day. Those, these people were online and they were waiting and the church the, God bless them, the people from the church were giving it out, but the line was long and it, was, it covered the entrance for the people alighting from their cars and limousines who wanted to go inside to see if they would purchase this apartment for two million and the other one for a million and a half. And they complained to the police and to the people on this, the, uh, to do with the soup kitchen, can't you move them away or shorten the line or at least keep a space in front of our building so that the, the rich people coming through can buy the apartment. Well, anyway, let me talk to you about Nutrisystem, which is a fabulous weight loss program. Our own Jackie the Jerkman has lost... Today's weigh-in day, by the way. Oh, today's weigh-in day. Where's the lady? 15 and a half pounds. And that seemed, you know, that's not unusual because that girl who wrote us the letter said she lost 15 pounds in two weeks, yeah. too. Uh, and when I was there yesterday, there was a girl there that was there signing up because she was following me on the show. Oh, no kidding. You brought them one whole client. That's great. No, no, that, I, there was just somebody in there when I was in there. We were only in there was for Was she five a big, minutes. fat slob? She was a cow. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> no, she was a nice-looking girl. She Let me was... just say, in the summertime, it is so great to be thin. You take off your clothes, and you're in that little bathing suit, and everyone's looking at you, and you look good. But to be a big fat hog is really... By July, you're going to be, what, 40 pounds lighter? Hopefully, yeah. August, uh, first week of August, I'm supposed to be 160. And then wow. Jackie and I are going to a nude beach. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You sure you want to do that, Robin? I'm starting to get heavy right now. <laughs> well, you better be thin. Nude beach. Nude beach and some of the ugliest people go to nude beaches. I know. Though. Can you imagine? It's not like you go and see good-looking naked girls. Because when I was a kid, the first naked magazine I had was Nudist Magazine. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, and it was every. They showed everything, which they never did in those magazines. Like Penthouse and Playboy only showed, like, you Yeah, know, you breasts. never got, uh, yeah, right. Well, I had Nudist Magazine. And, man, some of the ugliest men and women go to these beaches. <laughs> and they would take pictures of them and, and put them out in magazines. Well, that's always amazed me. All those people that you, you know, like you fantasize about having a wonderful time, like single, uh, swingers yeah. and nudists and all They're those, ugly. They're all ugly. Yeah. They are. We've had wife swappers in here, and there's a good reason the guy's wife swapping, because he's got nothing to lose. It's a good reason she's swapping, too, because yeah. he looks like he needs two bags <laughs> over his head. Yeah, and you're thinking, wow, they're having a great life and everything. <laughs> they can only trade up. Exactly. <laughs> they got to keep their eyes closed. <laughs> A lot of cab drivers that I know, you know, guys like myself who are young and basically like doing this as a part-time job, not as a full-time thing, and hope to move on to other things eventually. Tuned, in some ways tuned into cab driving through that movie, you know, Taxi Driver, which is funny because it takes a, it takes a particular temperament to actually be attracted to cab driving by a movie like that because it's such a grim movie, but 
there's a certain aspect of that movie that's like very I even realize it more now since I've been driving the cab that it is very very accurate and it's the psychological aspect of driving a cab I mean that movie the loneliness of like of spending all this time in a cab and the sort of like strange relationship you have with people and like your whole the, the rear view mirror right like most of your communication with people is purely through the eyes right like I didn't even see that guy except for what I could see in the rear view mirror and pretty much it was just his eyes sometimes you'll get someone who'll get in on the other side right and I've got the partition here I never see them I can go the whole fair without hearing anything except this disemboweled voice you know so you deal with a lot of you deal with voices you, you, your communication with people is very kind of like almost kind of like eerie in a way at times you know all the animals come out at night buggers queens fairies dopers junkies sick venal someday a real rain will come and wash all the scum off the streets I go all over. I take people to the Bronx, Brooklyn. I take them to Harlem. I don't care. Don't make no difference to me. It does to some. Some won't even take spooks. Don't make no difference to me. Each night when I return the cab to the garage, I have to clean the back seat. Some nights I clean off the blood. Twelve hours of work and I still can't sleep. Damn. Days go on and on. They don't end. All my life needed was a sense of some place to go. I don't believe that one should devote his life to morbid self-attention. I believe that someone should become a person like other people. The whole image of the crazy cab driver, taxi driver and all that, I, I sort of applaud that image because... Uh, it makes it a lot easier in some ways, you know. People get in, and if they assume... There's so many crazy people in New York. If they get in and they assume you're crazy, it sort of works to your advantage. They're less likely to screw around with you. So I don't mind. Like, you might photograph there on my license. You can see I'm trying to look as mean as I can. I figure it's good for business. Dear Howard, so many times I've gone to great pains to write you a letter, only to have a change of heart and not mail it. First, I feared being not taken seriously. Oh, believe me, I take this seriously. <laughs> By the way, we're getting some great naked pictures of women coming in. Really? This one with a guy Where and his wife. you keep your Polaroids in your pocket? Robin, I gotta show you later one of a guy and his wife. Oh, no. And what, <laughs> and it involves a broomstick? <laughs> Wait till you see this. But the wife has, like, cellulite all over her belly and stuff. And it's not the kind of woman you'd want to be showing That's off. That's what you take a broomstick to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I know why he uses a broomstick. <laughs> but uh, some great naked pictures. Oh. <laughs> People are really getting the idea. People are sick. I'm disgusted. First, I feared being not taken seriously. It should be not... I feared not being... Is that right? First, I feared being not taken seriously? Not being taken yeah, seriously. Yeah, right. So she's not bright. Because I know the only women who hold your interest for more than a minute are young and untainted. And I'm older than yourself, with several horrendous experiences to my credit. Oh, great. I didn't notice that when we read it the first time. Very tainted. Second to rejection was the fear of being made fun of and embarrassed before your listening audience. 
So often I've wanted to tell you of my feelings and do things for you, serve you. And so many times I'd let my pride prevent me from expressing myself. I haven't had feelings like this for years. Feeling and acting like a teenager made me feel silly. <laughs> Super. Dear French woman, I am a single white male who believes all the cliches about you. Photo preferred. That's another one of those ads. Uh, anyway, we'll be back with you just after this. You keep getting stuck with big repair bills. Highway robbery. And now you need a muffler. Not this time. You've really had it. I'm not going to pay a lot for this muffler. So you go to Meineke Discount Muffler. I'm not going to pay a lot for this muffler. You said it. I said it? That's right. You're not going to pay a lot at Meineke. We're the nation's discount muffler leader installing quality Everlast mufflers from 1893 to 2695. And we work fast. Meineke will usually have your car in and out in 30 minutes. So when you need a muffler, save a lot of time, money, and grief at Meineke Discount Mufflers. I'm not going to pay a lot for this muffler. Told you so. I didn't believe you. Now you do. Now I do. You're not going to pay a lot. Here's that little snippet. I'll do it for you one more time. If you know what that song is, call Z100 now at 955-9090. If you live in area code 212, if you're in 201, it's 480-9090. If you're out on the island, 832-9090 or Westchester 237-9090, dial carefully and good luck. Let's see if we got a new commercial i got to do here. Say, who the heck's this thing for, too? What's that new Richard Nader place he's putting together? Wait a minute, what'd I do with my copy? Here it is, right here. Got it? I found it. Hey, hold on. I think uh, Howard Stern is trying to get a connection. Come on. Come on. Come on what? Come on. You'll never. You get re- You resent <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Alice? Yes. Hey, it's Howard Stern. Come on the air with us. Oh, okay. Ooh, man. <laughs> She's checking out to see if it's really me. It's All right, now she knows. Hello? Oh, baby. You're the one who wrote me the letter, aren't you? Yeah. What, are you getting hot? No, I've been so nervous. I knew you were going to call. You did know? You heard us read your letter? Oh, you heard us read the letter? Yes. What? She... I've been hyperventilating. I've been sweating. I said, oh, my God. And you made me wait so long. Isn't that just like a man? <laughs> Sound like you're sitting on warm pudding. <laughs> I can tell you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I wanted to correct you. Yes? You said that I was in love with you. Mm. I love you. I'm not in love with you. Oh. Now, stop it. <laughs> That's strictly semantics. <laughs> so what do you mean? You want to be near me? Yeah. Uh, what does that entail? Because uh, I'm starting to get a little excited here. You sound really, <laughs> Are you real cute? I guess. You sound it. All you girls who sound cute always end up looking bad. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great job for people watching. You know, as you can see, because you're all over the city and uh, you're in these different neighborhoods that you'd normally never get in, right? Like entirely black neighborhoods or Hispanic neighborhoods, and. Uh, Particularly in the summer, uh, you know, this might sound like kind of a sexist thing to say, but drive around New York in the summer, man, and there's like the women in the city, 
you know, the women all over the city. It's great for, like, watching the women. Because <laughs> they're beautiful in New York, you know? You go into, like, some Puerto Rican neighborhood, you get all these little 15-year-old Puerto Rican girls and stuff and in bathing suits hanging out, sort of washing themselves in the uh, fire hydrant and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes people are ruthless with their automobiles. Chinatown. Somebody once called it the perfect ghetto, a model slum. The lowest crime rate, the highest employment, and least juvenile delinquency of any city district. Seven newspapers and 150 restaurants. A thriving ethnic neighborhood. They'd say you'd need long residence to detect any hint of uh, extortions or rackets. Anyway, let's check out one of the stores, see what they got. Yeah, you know, in the uh, Chinatown, the Moss Street, 45 Moss Street, Kilcoin Import and Export. And this store, we're selling the, uh, the herbal stuff, like uh, uh, Korean ginseng, American ginseng. On some uh, dry seafood like a mushroom and abalone and the uh, uh, what's my call the a dry scallop, you know. We have also a different kind of Chinese tea and uh, incense, everything, and a little uh, also the China wear. Now Jimmy Bresman has a name for being very anti-racist, and he doesn't go along with any of these evil and dark notions of Chinatown you may have heard. Chinese in the city of New York, what do they do? They get up early and they go to bed late because they work all day. And they don't live too well because they don't get high wages where they work. And that's the story. What else do you want to know about them? No. Well, I mean, there's another thing. The Koreans own all the fruit markets. They're in the fruit market business. So everybody says that they, uh, they must be using uh, South Korean government money or the Reverend Moon's money. There is a conspiracy for the Koreans to get ahead in this city, and the, it's called hard work. They work 21 hours a day. Wait a minute. You want anything? No. No, you? Yeah, they got their own music in Chinatown, too. Did you know, you can go anywhere for a dollar on the New York subway. All right, there may be a stale smell on some of the platforms. Little drink, little piss, and, you know, I'm looking at a sign here in the subway which says don't go out without your rubbers and I'm thinking to myself they're not talking about the weather but I mean what do you expect for a dollar there's entertainment too anyway let's take an uptown train I'm the doorman at 75 Central Park West Corporation, right? I get cabs for the attendants. I help them in and out with packages, suitcases. I sometimes operate elevators. Uh, I also answer the phones, switchboard. Well, we have uh, lawyers, doctors, writers, entertainers, all sorts. Lost 
Watching the wheels, huh? At the uh, entrance of the Dakota, there's plenty of signs saying, Keep behind the white line. And the security guy is real gruff. It rapid right over there. Blood on the pavement, sure. Did you know that in 1890, one in four of New York's inhabitants was Irish? Across on the south side of Central Park, we got horse and carts. We still call them handsome cabs, and it's all Irish driving them. We're entering the park at 6th Avenue on 59th Street, Manhattan. We do a mile and a quarter in the park. It takes about 20 minutes, and it's $17. This is Molly. Molly is what's pulling us around here. She's a seven-year-old mayor. The Irish in New York City, what can I say? I don't know, but the ones the ones that have been here for a long time are the stuffiest people. You know, they wanted to uh, assimilate quickly. What's going to happen to the new ones? I don't know. They they uh, the ones that are over here now are so much better educated than any immigrants that ever came to this country. They have the language, they have the education, and they don't have any shot at uh, you know just getting through into citizenship the way we've got this country was built on immigrants and now we don't want any more which I can't figure out somebody has to explain that to me sometime I think the the, the sad thing is that we now have 50,000 100,000 I guess here from Ireland huh? that we know of who knows how many huh? and they're fighting at the bottom for the jobs with the blacks and once again and, and they're far more uh, uh, their credentials are heavier than the blacks. They they have better education, and they probably will get ahead. That'll be the sad story. Once again, the blacks born in the south of the United States who moved here to the north are going to be shunted aside. It's a terrible story, but it's true. I just hope to God there isn't a, there isn't friction there on the bottom. That's all there was in the past here. And that's all she wrote, huh? Where are you going? You want to come in for a cup of coffee? You want to go home? Shrimp salad plate, lamb and fennel salad with walnut dressing, fresh melon and fruit supreme, fresh brook trout, tomatoes, mushrooms and basil, Tuscan chicken, shrimp and seafood gumbo with garlic, red spinach, marinara ravioli, chicken and broccoli alfredo on linguine, chef salad, pasta del giorno, cheese fruit and melon plate, tuna salad plate, triple decker turkey, Canadian bacon, munster and watercress, Canadian bacon, lettuce and tomato sandwich, shrimp salad sandwich, tuna salad sandwich, curry chicken salad sandwich, chicken cutlet parmesan on a garlic roll, hamburger feast, cheeseburger feast, bacon cheeseburger feast. Hazel French pesto supreme, curry chicken salad plate, eggs, Florentine eggs, Benedict turkey or Canadian bacon, omelets with herbs and vegetables, three cheeses or omelets with broccoli, sour cream and dill and tomato, stuffed mushrooms with crab meat, scallops and Dijon, steamed mussels with white wine sauce, spinach ravioli or ravioli marinara, filet triangles with spinach and feta cheese, melon and fruit with kirsch. Blue Willow does not use any salt in the preparation of its food. Some products are naturally salty and for those who are concerned about salt can take the place to star next to those items salty by nature. Do you think you might be MIA? A warm or song? Well, any one of these three, and you are in big trouble. Because AWOL is like uh, mentally unbalanced. MIA is uh, missing in action, and Saul is shit out of luck. Taxi! This is Times Square here. We're just coming down into Times Square now. You can tell by the. We're just coming down into Times Square now, famous Times Square, which is pretty seedy part of town now as you can tell there's people out here constantly 24 hours there's people out here on the street selling stuff 
hustling. There's all these porno theaters down 42nd Street. Maybe we will take a turn down that way so you can see them. It's a, it's like a city within a city here. It's mainly black. Uh, street hustlers here, like little, you know, male prostitutes and stuff. Teenagers, a lot of teenagers here. A lot of really young kids hang out in Times Square. This is the kind of place where you get people who come to New York from Kansas or Nebraska and they come to they come to Times Square and it must be their worst nightmare is realized. I don't know about this. This is what everyone hates. This is Tina. Both jobs are $20 in the car. To the hotel, both jobs are $50. In the car for fucks is $40. To the hotel is $100. I just love it because I make plenty of money in New York. On weeknights, I make no less than $300. And on weekends, I make like five, dollars $600. I was doing this one year. And I'm going to do it another year. And that's going to be it. I'm not in this just to be in it and don't save. I'm going to be in this and then I'm going to save. And I got a date now. Right. What do we have here? Adulteress in Heat on a triple bill with Inside Virginia and Nympho Desires. Over here we have... See, they're always mixed in right along with the regular mainstream movies like Beverly Hills Cop 2, which is a beast of it. These places are open 24 hours. These little porno, porno theaters. Most of them are nickel and dime places, you know. You go in and slip a nickel into a machine and you get, uh, I don't know, two minutes worth of action. This is, I was saying earlier, though, this is the kind of place where you would imagine that uh, this would be just so frightening to out-of-towners to come, to come to Times Square, which is funny because, you know, the theater district is right here. So a lot of people wind up having to come to this neighborhood because they come to go to this theater, you know? Only in New York do you get this kind of, like, high culture and uh, low trash, like, thrown right together, you know? I mean, it must they, these people must think it's such an indignity to have to, like, even walk past this on their way to see cats, you know? Broadway used to be the, the Damon Runyon guys and dolls, crapshooters, show business people, out all night. That's all over with. That's all over with. It's become a city where people are up at six in the morning. The better to make money on money. You know, nobody manufactures anything in the city of New York. They make it on paper. You know, the money to you to make money with. Nobody works. Billy, 
totally undressed now i have a shirt on that's it and like what happened when you heard i was going to call you i didn't i said well should i answer the phone what should i do because i knew i was going to be too nervous to talk to you really how old is she yeah how old are you 43 oh you're 43 sound like a teenager i know you're you married no no i vote <laughs> Really? Stop it, Howard. So you look pretty bad, huh? <laughs> no. You wear glasses? No. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> Who do you look like? Uh, nobody. Hmm. She sounds like she's in her 20s, though. I know. She sounds very young. I have a young body, a young mind. Mm. <laughs> what do you do? What do I do? I work. I work for the court. I design, I write, I invent. Another kook. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. Thank you. Well, who do you think is going to write me a letter like that? And you laugh like a baboon. Thank you so much. I feel much. like I'm in Africa. <laughs> For God's sake. You got a cute laugh. A cute laugh. You, 43, though. I mean, my letter to Robin. <laughs> 43 and you've never been married? Oh, boy. Lots of times when I get a fare over here to Brooklyn Heights, I'll do this, pull over the cab. If I'm ready to take a break, and I'll come out here to the promenade overlooking lower Manhattan. You really can see everything here, the Brooklyn Bridge, lower Manhattan, the Statue of Liberty. It's gorgeous, you know? Well, I, when I always see it, I always think there is such a thing as man-made beauty, you know? Because it's a beautiful city, and it's all, all of this is man-made. All these buildings and bridges. And it's nice to come out here and look at this every now and then, because New York, when you live in the city, it, it's, it can just get you down. And you can come out here, and you can get some fresh air, and you can look at this, and you can go, okay, this is why I came to New York, you know? This is why I'm here. because you were born. You stay because there is no place else on Earth where anything is going on of this magnitude. You know what? I feel that if you ever solved anything to do with this disease that stains the, most of the world, race, it'll get solved in the city of New York. It'll get helped. It'll, uh, it'll begin to get better. If you can go to your maker... An answer, I have tried to do something in life. This is the city to do it in. This is the city where you can get the credentials. 
If they ask you, where did you try, you'd say, I tried in the Bronx in New York City. What more do you want from me? And I know they got to say, you're all right, it's okay. On Sunday morning, let's leave the mean streets behind. Uh, say, take a subway north, past Central Park, past the Uppies, past Woody Allen's Upper East Side, past 110th Street, and into Harlem. Okay, Harlem's got its problems, but uh, let's go to the Abyssinian Baptist Church for a revival-style Sunday service and a gut-busting choir. They're just rehearsing before the service starts. Marvelous choir. We get recognitions from all over the world, you know. Very nice choir. And our director, she is marvelous. Her name is Dr. Thomas. She's very nice, very nice. And uh, like I said, we've done a, a lot of work all over the city and traveled around, and we like it a lot, you know. I get a feeling of. It's hard to explain this. And, feeling of extraordinary, I would say. But uh, since you've been in the choir so long, some of us tend to take it for granted, you know. We come and do our work and we go home. But being a part of this choir makes you feel so important because you know you're part of a great, great choir. And like I say, I've been in the choir a very long time and I've seen it grow from this to this, you know. It's very, very nice. That's Dr. Calvin Obatz, and he, as you can gather, is some preacher. We have um, a racist uh, city, a racist city in which we live, where black people are treated as uh, second-class citizens, and so therefore we have to constantly fight to overcome racism and to ensure that we get all the rights that are coming to us by virtue of our humanity and our citizenship. Also because we're faced with uh, devastating illnesses, uh, drugs, uh, AIDS, uh, homelessness, uh, poor educational facilities, again tied into the administration, the political administration, but all the same, uh, when you have all these things going wrong, you have to struggle hard to meet the physical needs of people and then to introduce them to the salvation of Christ Jesus. Um, and so preaching is an extremely difficult uh, 
uh, task, and it 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 it, it uh, requires a great deal of creativity and long hours, and uh, uh, you work very hard. And if uh, you're not interested in religion uh, but are still seeking company, why not turn to the want ads in the New York Review of Books? Uh, we got one right here, slightly upmarket. It begins, congenitally good-natured, tall, dark, fit and handsome white male phenotype, physician businessman, 36, green-eyed, IV-educated, non-infectious, very important these days, dependent-free. Wishes to meet very beautiful Asian-American genotype, full of cognitive skills, lustrous silky hair, optimism, and wit. Desire to wine, dine, travel, rock, roll, covalently bond, and recombinate a superior dynastic line. And a covalent bond, by the way, we looked it up, is a type of chemical bond involving the sharing of electrons between atoms in a molecule. So I think I would choose the Abyssinian Baptist Church if I were you. (laughs) 